0: and lumos hello and welcome to all you wizards witches muggles and squibs out there and welcome to another edition of potter jewels harry potter podcast debating theories and ideas and trying to provide some light in the darkness i am your host tim alongside me as always my brother martin hey before we get started, uh, you can get in touch with the show in a number of ways. You can tweet at us at Jewels, you can email us at Potterjewels at Hotmail.com, or you can Facebook us at Facebook.com forward slash Potterjewels, that is P-O-T-T-E-R-D-U-E-L-S, or one word. Before we get started, uh, this is the second part of a three-part series, and it's all about characters that are maybe not given enough love or shown enough appreciation by fans, Um, the first part was about unsung heroes, this second part is going to be about underused characters, and then on Monday we will be doing underappreciated characters, so characters that, that were quite big in the books but maybe didn't get quite enough love as the obvious candidates. So if you've not heard last week's episode on Unsung Heroes, I would highly recommend you go check it out because there's a lot of good Harry Potter content there. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and on to the next duel, which is who was the most underused character in Harry Potter. And again, just as a disclaimer, this will cover... All seven books, eight movies, cursed child. We're not going to really be talking about Fantastic Beasts on these ones because the ink isn't dry, so to speak. There, there is always opportunities for characters to get more, more screen time on on uh, on Fantastic Beasts because otherwise we'd be going with characters like um, Nagini or Grindelwald.
1: Yeah, and obviously their their stories haven't been completed yet in the in the films, so. Um... Yeah, pr- mm. probably easier to, to stick to the books on this one.
0: Yes, yes. So by underused, we mean that characters that maybe had like unfulfilled potential, characters that probably had more to give a more realistic avenues within the story to be given a greater role, but their story went in a different direction or was cut short. So why
1: don't you get this ball rolling, Mark? Yeah, for, for this one, I'm going to um, pick Alistair Moody. interesting interesting yeah well i think you know as you outlined we're we're talking about this within the context of of characters who had potential within the narrative of the story to play a bigger role and for whatever reason um that avenue wasn't taken or that potential wasn't realized so i'm going to go with moody on this one because he's fantastic character um but if you actually look at his role within the books, it isn't a huge one in terms of the, the time that he has um, within the, the novels um, and the, the impact that he really makes, um, certainly that, that we see and that we're aware of. Um, so obviously he, he makes his first appearance in The Goblet of Fire, um, and although he plays a very significant role within the books, then obviously we find out later that that's Barty Crouch Jr. And he's actually been in his trunk for the whole year. So in terms of seeing the, the real, true, authentic Moody, we don't really get that within the Goblet of Fire. Um, Order of the Phoenix, we have a small scene at the beginning. Um, the escape Um from Private Drive um, and then we also have one at the end in the, uh, the Battle of the Department of Mysteries um, but we don't see him you know, a great deal throughout that book um, and obviously at the, the beginning of the Deathly Hallows he's killed shortly after they, they leave Private Drive once again um, so in terms of the actual time that we see Moody within the books, um, there it, it isn't a huge amount. The other thing I would say is that both in... Qu- so that's the quantity aspect of it. But the other thing I would say is the quality aspect of seeing the true Alistair Moody. We see the the recollections of people about how how good an aura he was and Tonks talks about mm. as her mentor um, but we never really see that uh, within our period in the, in the novels so obviously we have the you know the beginning of the Goblet of Fire, there are uh, all the sort of rumours about you know the, him, him fighting off intruders and smashing a, uh, you know uh, the carriage clock because he thought it was the basilisk egg so he's, he's made out to be kind of more eccentric um, and paranoid uh, yeah, paranoid and, you know, maybe a little bit of a has-been um, as well, certainly in some portrayals of him. Um, and, you know, w- we never see that true aura. Um, the, mm. the, the, probably the closest we get is um, when he is explaining the the Seven Potters' uh, escape plan and he, he very much takes the commanding... Leading role in that situation Well
0: he took over Dumbledore when Dumbledore Died as the head of
1: the Order of the Phoenix Yeah yeah absolutely so he, he Does take on that Central role but we never really See that you know mm. he, he steps Up to the plate at You know to to inform everybody About the plan and to you know Encourage Harry to, to Take part in it and then he's Killed shortly afterwards um, So I, I'm going to say Moody because of the, the quantity of time that we see the the real Alistair Moody and also the quality of that. There's only, you know, he, he does appear in the, the Battle of the Department of Mysteries as well. But we don't get a huge amount of information on that. Um, and we only really see him stepping up at the, the beginning of the seventh book. And I think the other aspect of this is the potential of a character, you know, in order to have been underused. I think he had a, a hugely um, important role to play in the, you know, the final, you know, the battle of Hogwarts. And, and throughout that year, really, I think he would have, as you mentioned, as the, the new leader of the order of the Phoenix, been a, you know, a focal point for the movement um, and a, a key player, in the in the you know the Second War really so and we you know unfortunately we never got the chance to to see that so uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Alice Moody.
0: Well, it is a very good uh, it is a very that is a very good answer. Uh... And to add to one of your points, when we see him in the Battle of the Department of Mysteries, he loses a jewel reasonably easily to Dollerhoff.
1: He, he does, yeah, and, and that kind of goes back to the to the point where he's probably the has seen better days or, or is past his mm. prime. I was saying, you Refa- know, we,
0: reaction time's a bit slower, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, and that that's obviously understandable because you know he he is a a little bit older, but you know it's a, it's a shame that we never got to see the, you know that that moody that people describe as being such a in, incredible aura
0: but also we didn't really see much of the relationship between him and tonks you know there's meant to be a kind of like a you know, protege yeah. mentally type re- relationship and we don't really see them sharing that many scenes.
1: We don't. And I think it's, that's an interesting relationship that again could have been explored particularly, I would say um, when Tonks lost Sirius um, and, you know, she, she blames herself to some extent as well, mm. and is changing, you know, that's potentially a big moment for a mentor to, to, you know, to help her, um, mm. you know, sort of come to terms with the facts, survivor's guilt, that kind of thing. I think that would have been a, you know, potentially a really key role for for Moody there. So um, it's it's a shame that we, we never really got to, to see that.
0: I mean, I imagine those conversations did take place, but it would have just been nice to have, you know, yeah.
1: witnessed we, them. We were, never, we were ne- never privy to those, and I think mm. that would be an interesting one to have seen, not just from, you know, those two characters' point of view, but I think also to see what kind of relationship an aura and a trainee actually have. Mm. Especially
0: bearing in mind that Harry wanted to
1: become an aura. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, and um, I think there's a, you know, if you, you expand it a little bit as well, you could say that there's a huge amount that Harry could have learned from Moody,
0: mm.
1: um, that he he never got the chance to to learn, you know, yeah. particularly when he, he's kind of saying that he you know, he very much feels throughout the seventh book that Dumbledore, um, you know, wasn't there for him or it hasn't left him enough information in order to to be able to accomplish what he needs to. You know, mm. I think Moody could have been a, a big big player in in kind of filling that void um yeah
0: i mean okay let me let me throw this at you moody doesn't die in the battle of the seven potters how does the rest of the deathly hallows look for
1: moody well i I think it would be similar to um a lot of the other characters you know such as lupin i don't think we would have seen him on the the journey with harry Um, I think that was, that's still something that they would have undertaken alone. Um, but are there any, are there any characters?
0: Yeah. Are there any characters that you think would have, um, accompanied Harry had they, had they
1: survived? I think the only one is Sirius. I I don't think Harry would have left Sirius.
0: No, I think Sirius would have joined. And obviously I think Dumbledore
1: would have. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Um, Um, but I don't think, I, I agree. I don't think, uh, Moody would have joined them but
1: I think he would have been crucial it's it's potentially interesting to see whether Lupin would have come had it not been for, for Teddy
0: I think regardless he doesn't come because before before the the part about uh Teddy and Tonks gets raised Lupin asks what what they'd be doing and mm. he, he said he couldn't tell them I think I think he would have told Sirius I just don't know about
1: Lupin yeah yeah fair point I mean I think it's that you know potentially that one where he says there'd be no need to tell me what you're up to um, but I could kind of come and look after you or you know get, mm. but you know he could come and keep an eye on you and and help as best he could you know I think that's maybe where you know, things might have been a bit different.
0: I mean, as harsh as it would, know, as harsh as this, uh, you know, might be with with Lupin, is that you've also got to consider that he wouldn't have the Wolfsbane potion. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. then, and they're not animagus like James, Sirius, and Peter were. No.
2: Nah. So
0: they would either have to become animagus, which would be, uh. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see that happening when they're looking for Horcruxes. Um,
1: or Lupin would have to just disappear once a month. Yeah, I mean, you know, which would have been very impractical bearing in mind what they were up to. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think as a, as a side point, I think only Sirius and Dumbledore, really. Mm. But to get back onto the you know, what role Moody would have played. I think he would have played a big movement. He, he would have had a big role within the Order in the the movement against Voldemort and the, the war against the Death Eaters. Um, we never really learned too much about that, you know, what happens, because obviously we follow Harry mm. throughout the majority of that book. So... I think he, you know, certainly appearing on on Potter Watch, um, and a, you know, being a, a key member of that movement, um, he would obviously have been at the Battle of Hogwarts as well, um, and you would like to think he he would have been in that kind of final those final duels as well, um, mm. showing showcasing his skill as an aura.
0: Yeah, you can you can imagine him buzzing for a chance to be dueling Voldemort at the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, with um, with Moody and being with his sort of seniority of the leader of the Order of the Phoenix after Dumbledore died, do you think that Moody was a big enough character? That we could have maybe even got the odd chapter from his, from, you know, following what Moody is doing as the leader of the
1: order? Uh, I think it would have been an interesting parallel, but I don't think that's ever something that would have been explored realistically. I mean, if you look at chapters without Harry, you know, they are few and far between. You know, yeah, there are, say, I think there is a total of four. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, and that's for key narrative purposes, really. I can't. just want,
0: I just wonder whether Moody, you know, and the Order of the Phoenix Resistance would have counted as a key narrative purpose.
1: Um, it would have been fascinating for us as readers to have found out what was going on. I'm not sure whether that was ever an avenue that was going mm. to be explored, um, you know, much as we would have liked it to have been. So I will say, I don't think that was ever a realistic possibility.
0: But well, I think what you would have seen is, I think you would have had more Moody scattered throughout in terms of, you would hear Potter watch more often than once, than the than, than one time we did if, if Moody was in charge. You would also maybe say, that they would interact at shell cottage potentially yeah
1: yeah potentially I mean again that would be a, um, a really interesting conversation um I think he would have certainly featured um, as much as possible um, within the the opportunities of the seventh book bearing in mind it, it it does primarily focus on the the trio um on their own but
0: narratively you would also have to say well look i mean with uh, with moody dying in the way that he did it actually caused a lot more hassle for the trio you know if moody was alive then umbridge doesn't have his eye and they don't, and they don't get caught at the ministry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that was a key point in the story. Um, and that could only really have been told, um, with Moody's eye. And for that, obviously it needed him to have been killed before that. So, um, for those purposes, um, you know, that, that needed to have happened, unfortunately. Hmm.
0: But you know, had that not happened, then, then they wouldn't have had to have leave, left Grimmauld Place, and yeah, and I also think that Moody would have had Moody survived, he would have visited them at Grimmauld Place a few times before they even went to, to the Ministry.
1: He, he absolutely would, and I think he would have been able to provide a lot of help to them, even if he wasn't privy to to what they were doing. You know, and it's you know it is interesting to to note that they do come back to what Fake Moody was was saying about the constant vigilance. Um, you know, when they're they're talking about his death, they do go back to those those kind of lessons. So I'm sure there's a lot that he could have taught them.
0: And the other thing, which I think is actually quite quite sad in a way, is when Moody dies and ron harry and hermione are up in ron's room talking about moody and um ron's trying to comfort hermione and he says what would moody say to us right now and she says constant vigilance well moody never actually said that as moody it was barty crouch saying that yes yeah he never the actual moody never uttered constant vigilance in books uh, five six or seven so i think it's actually quite sad that the one memory they have of him actually wasn't him you know the clear memory they have of him was
1: actually barty crouch because they spent more time with barty crouch yeah they, they did and you know they're they're all you know devastated by the loss of him but they didn't know him the true alistair moody no at least from what we can see in the books to a to a great level of detail
0: i mean the one thing i would say is that he does quit vernon dursley
1: uh, he does indeed and that, that's <laughs> which is which is his finest hour <laughs> his finest hour within the books i would i would say yeah um but he, he's clearly a character that is liked respected um mm. for him as a, as a wizard and and as an aura but we never really uh, see that um, in the books
0: when moody died i think the the, the next leader was uh, was kingsley yeah um how do you think kingsley and moody's leadership skills would differ from each other
1: well i think the the key point is that moody had a lot more experience than kingsley you know kingsley's a very um you know kingsley's a very good aura and is you know assigned um very prominent positions protecting the prime minister and and harry Mm. um and he's you know he's he's one of the best um but i think where moody had that experience in going through the the first war and also his reputation Mm. of being you know a very feared aura to the to the death eaters i think that could have um been been quite important
0: i would also say that maybe kingsley is a little
1: bit more level-headed and rational potentially i I mean you know they always said with moody that he tried not to kill where possible
0: oh yeah i'm not i'm not talking in terms of that but just in terms of you know i think that moody might be a little bit more paranoid
1: yeah maybe i mean that's that's certainly what we gather from some people's interpretations in the books and again i think that's a you know, it's, it's a bit of a shame that we see him in that. Yeah,
0: but that's exactly,
1: that's, such a, that's that's
0: so much a frustrating point, is that we, you know, we've only got, you know, second-hand accounts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think even though we might not have seen him at his best, I think there was a chance to, to see what he could still do. Um, you look at a character like Slughorn and he... You know, potentially he was a, you know in a similar situation where he was that bit older, um, but he still managed to you know play a play a, a you know big role in the the final battle, and is actually mm. one of the ones dueling at the very end.
0: Yeah, I mean, when the Battle of the Seven Potters happened, you kind of knew that at least one of the
1: four team was going to die. Yeah yeah I, I would say that's uh certainly it was all set up for for that and certainly reading it for the first time that was a um that was one where you thought yeah they, this this might not end well
0: so when the deaf eaters descended on on the seven harrys and their companions which characters did you think would be in the most danger
1: the the one that i worried about but just because of the circumstances and because of my attachment to the character, I'll say Hagrid, um, because obviously he was with Harry, which, you know, in theory puts him in the most danger. But also the the bit that really got me was the title of the chapter. Um, once the the motorbike has crashed, and I saw that it was fallen warrior. And, mm. uh, oh, I, I can't even say how much I I worried at that um, because, obviously, we've just seen the motorbike crash. Um, we're not sure what's going on. And you see the title of Fallen Warrior. And it was, uh, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of a panic there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, I also found it a bit weird oh, on a slight side note. Can you summon a
1: person by going Axio Hagrid? Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Hagger, you know, if you were going to summon a character, that's a. He's probably a very tricky one to.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Summon. I was like, so, alright. I'm not.
0: I'm you not do too you, sure. Harry.
1: You do you. I mean, to be fair, he's gone through a bit of
0: an ordeal. so That is true. That is true. probably had other things can, on his uh, mind.
1: Yeah, I think we can. We'll let him off that one, I think.
0: But I do think that it shows you how good of an aura he was that voldemort went to him first
1: yes yeah i think that's you know his reputation and and that's what i was meaning with um you know when i said that the the death eaters would have feared him Mm. um you know i think that's you know a mark of the the respect that he commands that they felt he would put him with the that you know, Harry would be with the, the best aura, which out of all those um characters, some of whom were extremely talented, um, you know, Moody was the the one.
0: Yeah. And yet you can make an argument that fans reading that chapter would have been more upset about Hedwig than Moody.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I certainly uh, made the argument for Harry being more upset about Hedwig.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Than Moody. I also think that not enough was made about the sort of PTSD that he would have suffered after um, being stuck in his trunk for a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think not just from that, but I think he would have certainly felt bad that, as he might would have seen that, that he let Dumbledore down and then put Harry in, in danger. I think he would have felt bad about that as well as the effects of... Uh, being locked in the trunk for a year. Yeah, yeah, but
0: that never really gets touched upon. While you had a couple of brief mentions of it in In Order of the Phoenix with uh, the Eye getting stuck, and I didn't do much teaching, did I? Um, beyond that, you never really see much of a a way of mentioning how it would have affected him or the characters around him.
1: No, and I think he, you know, he obviously sounded quite resentful um, and bitter about that, which obviously you would um but i mean harry remarks that towards the end of or
0: thinks that towards the end of goblet of fire that it would uh, it wouldn't uh, exactly help his case of paranoia but the moody that we see in the order of the phoenix doesn't
1: really appear to be as paranoid as he's been painted to be no no and i think that's quite a um it's quite an interesting one that that you know shows the difference between Perhaps the perceptions of the characters and the, the reality, you know, I think um, certainly there's some exaggeration. And I think probably, you know, some people, it was just that they, they wanted to make fun of him um, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, the, the reality is that we don't really see that. Yeah.
0: And I think that uh, there were so many avenues he could have gone. I mean, the thing is, Moody doesn't even appear in the Half-Blood Prince at all. Apart from, like,
1: right towards the end at Dumbledore's funeral. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure he was, uh, you know, extremely busy during the year as well. Mm. And I think, um, you know, if anything, the events of the Goblet of Fire would have made him even more determined... Um, to play a bigger role in the movement and to, you know, avenge the the Death Eaters.
0: I just really wish we'd seen some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why I think he was, uh, you know, he he certainly gets my vote for the uh, most underused.
0: Mm. Uh, I think Moody is an excellent shout, but my character is actually very closely tied to Moody. Uh,
2: And that's Barty Crouch Jr. Interesting. Okay, why? Well, I think it for a number of reasons. One,
0: I feel that there was a real vacancy as being, you know, apart from Bellatrix, there was no real right-hand man to Voldemort. You know, you have Bellatrix and then pretty much everyone else. I mean, I guess Greyback sort of tried to fill that void in, you know, after because Lu- Lucius initially filled it. And then when he kind of got disgraced, it was sort of Snape and sort of Greyback. You never really had that right-hand man that you thought the Barty Crouch Jr. would be, and Barty Crouch Jr. was such. I mean, if you think about what he did during Goblet of Fire, how sort of mad and complex his plan was, he was he, he was brilliant, and you could have really utilised him in the in the last three books.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the thing the thing I'd say about Greyback is I think Greyback wanted that position. I, I never thought that that Voldemort saw him as anything other than a, a high henchman, really. And I think that's the point you're trying to make, is
2: mm. that
1: it's Voldemort seeing somebody as n- not his equal, but at, as his right-hand person. Yeah, you yeah, his
0: lieutenant, his deputy,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I think he certainly saw Snape as that after um, after Dumbledore was was killed. But I think it was, there were a lot of Death Eaters trying to attain that position. Mm. But I think it's that, it's the way that Voldemort sees them that I mm. think is the interesting point. And I think you're right that Crouch could have been that because when he returns in Goblet of Fire, he specifically singles out Crouch. being his most loyal, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Gutted um, Bellatrix. Yeah, you know, above <laughs> characters who would. Certainly, pride themselves on on their belief that they were the, um, the most trusted, most loyal servant of the Dark Lord.
0: I I agree with you on on the Greyback point in terms of that's what he felt. Like for instance, had Barty Crouch Jr. not died, or or not been you know written out of the books, he would have been the one leading the charge instead of having you know Greyback and
1: the Carrows leading it. You know, you would. I mean, he was you know, unquestionably devoted to Voldemort and you would imagine... And he would know Hogwarts better. He would, you know, you would imagine he would have been there right at the end and playing a major part in the, the books between that as well.
0: And going back to Moody, if Barty Crouch Jr. had been alive, they could have dueled at the Department of Mysteries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of my things about Moody's is that, you know, obviously Harry and Voldemort, kind of met their match in each other Mm. and it would have been nice particularly with what happened in the Goblet of Fire Mm. for both of those characters to have um resolved that in some way
0: yeah and like for instance I mean how do you think a duel between Barty Crouch Jr and Moody would have gone
1: well it it would have been interesting to see because you'd have youth against experience really Mm. um you know we mentioned before about Moody perhaps in the books being past his better days um so it, it would have been fascinating to have seen how that played out.
0: And I think, again, I think the fact that Barty Crouch Jr. was the Minister of the Dementor's Kiss also detracted from Moody's overall storyline because he didn't get that sort of closure. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think if you had Barty Crouch versus Moody in The in the Order of the Phoenix, given how Moody lost his jewel to, not fatally, but lost his jewel to Dollar I think Barty Crouch Jr kills him. And that gives Harry an extra hatred for him when he comes into the sixth book. Yeah, you because know, I mean like he hates Bellatrix especially because of, you know, the whole thing with uh with her killing Sirius. So I think had Barty Crouch Jr been involved as well, that would have been a, you know, him killing Moody would have been a, you know, an extra level of of uh
1: hatred towards yeah i mean i think there would certainly be something quite strange about the fact that crouch obviously disguised as moody taught the class about the unforgivable curses
2: i bet voldemort
1: was not happy at the end by that he was
0: sort of like seriously do not teach him how to do the how to prove the imperious curse
1: (laughs) i mean it shows you know he obviously has a huge knowledge about the dark arts that you know he wanted that Dumbledore wanted to pass on to You could
0: argue that Voldemort did a better job teaching Harry than than Dumbledore that year.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a a big claim. I'm not sure about that one. But it would have certainly been an interesting uh, battle in the Mm. the Department of Mysteries. And
0: And I think that would have been a really good... And also, I think from Moody's point of view, throughout that entire fifth book, there would have been that lingering thing in the background of him wanting revenge.
1: Yeah and I think the like the <laughs> interesting thing that I found is that you look throughout the entire seven books it's very very rare that Voldemort pays anyone even the slightest compliment. Yeah and he, you know he, he singles him out for being his his most loyal supporter mm. and I think that's a very beyond Bellatrix poem. and you know beyond you know yeah, yeah. and and certainly characters who would see themselves as his most loyal supporter, mm. you know. And to, for Voldemort to single him out, I think, shows the esteem in which he was held. And I think it would have been very interesting to see how that relationship developed as well.
0: And also, I think it would have been really, I mean, firstly, I doubt he would have been pleased with Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, for thinking that Voldemort would have been happy for him to murder Harry you know, now I'm going to be rewarded for killing him at Harry Potter. I don't, think have been, I don't think he'd have been delighted about that particular no. turn of events.
2: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think at that point, you know, he probably wasn't aware of no. direct orders, but nonetheless, he played a huge part in Voldemort returning to, a, um, to his former self. Yeah. And I love
0: the way it was written as well. Uh, where Voldemort was saying, you know, here, you know, there is a three people should be standing here. One has left yeah. us forever. One, I believe, has betrayed us. And one is my most loyal servant. And you know that Snape and Carker are there. Yeah. It's- and you know that somebody missing, it could be Ludo Bagman. It could be, you know, it could be, you
1: know, I, I, I don't
0: think any of us really called Moody at the
1: time. No, but I, I think it's interesting looking back that, mm. that you could, Potentially make arguments for the three of those being in different roles, mm, yeah, yeah, as well, you know. And I think certainly at the time,
0: because um, I would imagine certainly after um after a certain point, especially after Half Blood Prince, I would imagine that he would have seen Snape as his most loyal,
2: yes, absolutely. Follower. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And I think that's the that's the interesting thing about that passage. You know, at the time reading it, when you're thinking about his most loyal supporter, uh, you think it's Snape or Karkaroff,
2: Ludo Bagman. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: You look back to that chapter
0: of uh, the the Pensieve and you go through the ones that, you know, were seen in that. Yeah. And you go, I mean, okay, could, I mean, obviously he ruled out the Lestranges. Yeah. But you're like, okay, could it be Barty Crouch Jr.? Could it be Snape? Could it be Karkaroff? Could it be Ludo Bagman? Because, I mean, uh, you know, with the whole Ludo Bagman thing, that was a real real red herring. Yeah, well, it was, yeah. When reading it, I mean, I mean, I know you're going way, way, way back to when it was released, but do you remember your initial
1: thoughts when you were reading it? I mean, obviously, I never guessed
2: Moody, Moody
1: no. at the time. You know? No. I'd be surprised if anyone had. No. You know.
0: I mean, there are clues when you look back. Yes, there are, yeah. There are, there are and you kind of go, oh, how did I not spot that? But they're so subtle, and you're, and it, the way Moody's framed to us is, you know, Dumbledore's, most trusted yeah i mean moody was uh, the deputy in command of the order of the phoenix you know he's like the dumbledore's go-to guy he's like the bellatrix to voldemort you know
1: yeah i also think that he um takes on so many of the characteristics that we believe moody to have yeah he does that's part of what you were saying about he was
2: so convincing yeah you
1: know and, and that shows how intelligent he was to be able to to fool everybody for an entire academic year. Mm. You know, it really does kind of show uh, how committed to the plan he was and um, how adept he was at pulling that off. Mm. And it was also
0: good that, you know, in that chapter, uh, a very sort of under used method in uh, veritaserum was used. I think Verita- that was the only time veritaserum was actually used, but it's a it's a, you know, a great idea and it was made it, made for a very good chapter when Barty Crouch confessed.
1: It is, yeah. And I think the other interesting thing
2: is that throughout the year it does to some extent build up a bit of a connection with Harry, you know, helping guiding mm. him through all the uh the
1: tasks and, you know, teaching him, showing him the unforgivable curses
2: and all these things, and I think that the interesting thing was that he was able to still give him up to the dark lord. Yeah, you know,
1: and I think that shows a a callousness. Yeah, a, a detachedness Yeah, that was really interesting. You know, I think you know, potentially some other people might have formed some sort of attachment and you know, at least wavered in their thoughts uh, before the the third task. But he was a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A very highly functioning sociopath. And I think that's what would have made him very interesting. Mm. You know, the fact that he was willing to to let his mother die in Azkaban, a chance to live on the outside. You know, I think it does... And uh, also the the performance he put on in
0: the trial of, you know, it wasn't me, it wasn't yeah. me, I, you know, I didn't know. A crime that he never really gets held accounted for within the context of the book because he denies it, uh, you know, initially. And then the Veritaserum chapter was all about what he did that year. So I don't think there was any closure of him actually, you know, like Bellatrix boasts that she... You know, tortured them, and uh, you know taunts Neville about it. Whereas Barty Crouch Junior. is actually quite a good teacher for Neville, (laughs) um, as as Moody, but he never really gets that sort
1: of closure. Yeah, you know, I think as particularly as Neville, how he develops Mm. uh, within within the books, um, that sort of. Not revenge, but recon- um, that sort of opportunity for Neville didn't materialise, which, which for him is a real shame.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think while it was very, very cool that you know Neville managed to kill Nagini and was one of you know the cho you know the other chosen one or potential other chosen one was one of the main causes of Voldemort's downfall. Love that, but. I feel that instead of killing Nagini, he should have killed somebody that tortured his parents, whether it would have been Bellatrix, whether it had been Bellatrix's husband, or whether it had been Barty Crouch Jr. And had you left Barty Crouch Jr. alive, he could have been at the D- Battle of the Department of Mysteries, he could have been at the Battle of the Astronomy Tower. I mean, potentially, you could have even had uh, Barty Crouch Jr. return to Hogwarts as Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher in the seventh book, you know. And that would have been another year of opportunities for Neville to kill him. And then, you know, it's it could have been one of those long-reaching stories for, for both characters there, too. And he would have been at the Battle of Hogwarts and there would have been three opportunities
1: there for Neville
0: to get the ultimate
1: payback yeah th- yeah definitely and certainly you know taking away one of those routes um certainly narrowed down the possibilities that, that you know neville could could have that um opportunity in the end
0: and also i did find it interesting the irony of uh, when moody uh, slash crouch confronts harry about you know what did he do to the death eaters you know and to those that uh Refused to go to Azkaban and renounced him. That's exactly what he tried to do at the trial. Yeah, he did both. Yeah, you know, I think it's. uh, (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge anyone that has renounced him or refused to go to Azkaban. Uh, You did both. That's a good point. (laughs) But I just think that there was so much potential and there's so many ways you could go go down that. And having, you know, like as I say, the male Bellatrix, and you know, yeah,
1: I, I think if there was a candidate for that equivalent, it would have been him. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and once you'd eliminated him from the story, you could have developed Dollahoff more. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think Dollahoff is another very underused character because, I mean, let's go through the... He, he nearly killed Hermione. He did kill Lupin. He beat Moody in a duel, you know. He is he is a very, very talented uh, dark wizard. And he killed the Pruits as well, you know, who were meant to be, like, one of the best wizards of the, of the age. Yeah. And it's like, he was talented. And, you did, and I don't think he even had... Made, more than, like, a handful of words of dialogue, maybe?
2: No, and, you know, that's the thing about Crouch as well, is that in terms of the actual Crouch,
1: mm. we see him under the Veritas serum, mm. and that's about it, really.
2: So, and, and, you know, the same with Dollerhunt, where in terms of the actual time, there isn't so much, and that, you know, he could have, again, been um, a very important character and
1: Death Eater. And I think my thing, my other thing with in regards to in regards
0: to to Crouch though, is that it's one of my biggest, it's one of the biggest sins for me, of the of the movies, because in the if you've just seen the movie, at the end of *Goblet of Fire*, Barty Crouch is sent back to Azkaban. Middle of *Order of the Phoenix*, there's a big breakout, and you're expected to go, you know, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he decided to stay put actually. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that, that, that. I mean, you know, you could have just said uh, he's going to get administered Dementor's Kiss later on today and close that hole. If you were just, if you never read the books and you were just watching the films, you'd be like, why didn't Barty Crouch escape with Bellatrix?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess they would say that, you know, I would imagine that he's a very high security prisoner, having broken out once and that he was in a separate Mm. part. Then Bellatrix would have been
2: there. Yeah, she would. I mean, I I don't. I don't think that that was necessarily a, a great change for them to make. Um, it
0: just felt like a lazy change as well. It's something that
1: you could have sorted in a minute. Well, the Dementor's Kiss brings about some sort of finality and like mm. you said kind of closes that, that story.
0: And like, even if you don't want to show it on screen because, you know,
2: yeah.
1: it might be a bit
0: bleak, you know, you just say, oh, this, you know, he's going to be administered the Dementor's Kiss later today.
2: Mm.
1: And it closes the loop. It does, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had their reasons for doing it, but I certainly think that like they had their reasons to
0: have uh, Michael Gamblin go. Did you put your name in the cupboard to fire?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we can do a whole episode of that. Yeah. Um, he said calmly.
2: I mean, on both characters, just on a side note, both Moody and Barty Crouch Jr. What did you make of them in the film? Um. I thought David Tennant played him very well. Mm. Yeah, I thought
0: he. It was, he was very different to how I imagined him in the book. He was, yeah. He was a lot more, almost like a mad scientist. You know, the glint in the eye and the the, you know. Yes. Yeah. The thing I, he did with his tongue,
1: where he just sort of always, you know. He, he was. He was really sort of like you know. I think he was suitably kind of creepy and deranged, mm. and I, I thought he played him him very well.
0: And uh, and I thought. Moody certainly in terms of voice is exactly how I pitched him in the book. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. Ask I what? mean, I thought the eye strap was a bit extra. No, that, I, I mean there was a lot of because uh, I mean bear in mind it was the eye, the magical eye was meant to just fit in his socket, as opposed to having this whole contraption. Yeah, I mean you could you could argue it adds to the sort of you know it adds to Moody's mystique and whatever, but. I do think there was a lot extra about Moody. I mean, he didn't have a staff in the book. I don't believe he.
1: Yeah. No, I personally, I quite like the look of
2: him mm. in the
1: films. I, I thought, I, I thought, I thought it looked very authentic. Um, that kind of slightly jaded look, you know, battle mm. scars, and you know, um, I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was great.
0: I think, certainly, in terms of performance, he knocked out of the park. He yeah, was one of the yeah. best
1: castings. Yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it, it would have been nice to have seen a bit more of him in the films because he, he played it very, very well.
0: But no, I think there was a lot of potential for, as I say, the sort of, and almost, yeah, you could almost have a rivalry between him and Bellatrix. You know, maybe they don't get on. Maybe, you know, when Snape kills uh, Dumbledore in, in the Half Blood Prince, Barty Crouch doesn't like that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, certainly I don't think Bellatrix will have appreciated uh, Voldemort referring to, to him as his most loyal mm. follower. But bear in mind,
0: they went to Azkaban together to begin with,
2: you yes. know?
1: Yeah,
0: And And Bellatrix would argue that, you know, well, while, while he was sort of crying and, you know, trying to evade Azkaban, she was like, send us there, we'll wait. Yeah. You know. We, we, were, we alone were loyal and all that sort of stuff. She was taking, she was proud of it as opposed to him trying to get out of it. And I know he was get, trying to get out of it so that he could go and
2: find him. Yeah. But, you know, it's not the greatest look. No, no, you know, I, I think Bellatrix as well. There's a huge resentment to everyone who
1: didn't say exactly the same as her. Mm.
0: So if you were to sum up your argument for Moody in 30 seconds.
1: Your time starts... Now. Okay, well, I think Moody is one of the most underused characters in the series because he's a formidable character, which we hear lots about his his former past and his his glory days, and we never really see that potential realised in the in the novels. Um, he's an in- incredibly respected, authoritative figure, an extremely powerful wizard who could have played a major role in the the final battles against Voldemort, and unfortunately, we never got the chance to to see that in action. Well played. Okay, and your argument for Crouch starts now. Well, we only saw him in really one
0: chapter in the Veritaserum chapter, but from his plan throughout the Goblet of Fire was so intelligent, and you could tell how Voldemort really relied on him and brought him back to power. That there could have been a real opportunity for a, you know, the male equivalent of of Bellatrix. Um, having somebody that the Dark Lord Can actually rely upon and trust And could have had more Storylines in regards to Moody later on As well
1: Okay good argument.
0: And so that concludes another duel I will put this up on Twitter for you the Harry Potter Fan community to decide Once again the question is Who was the most underused Character is it Barty Crouch Jr Alistair Mad-Eye Moody or Other. If you vote Crouch, then 10 points goes to Hufflepuff. If you vote Moody, 10 points goes to Gryffindor. And if you vote for Other, then we both lose 5 points.
1: Okay, so I think now we move on to the quiz. Yes. I will let you go first. Okay. Okay, your first question is which house did moody belonged to? Was it Gryffindor? Was it Ravenclaw? Was it Hufflepuff? Or is it unknown? It's unknown. That is correct. Mm. Now what is his blood status? This is question two. Is it pure blood, half blood, muggle-born or unknown? Half blood. That is incorrect. Really? It's pure blood.
0: The The wizarding blood types do confuse me a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Because like,
0: Harry's a half-blood and yet both his parents were wizards. Yeah. It's, it's confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, question three. We're hearing the books that a piece of, no- of Moody's nose is missing. But which Death Eater took that piece? Was it Igor Karkaroff? No. Was it Evan Rosier? Was it Augustus Rookwood? Or was it Rodolphus Lestrange? It was Rosier. That's correct. It's two out of three. Um, As with many of the characters in the novels, um, JK took the name Alistair because it has a... Quite profound meaning in ancient Greek. But what does Alistair mean? Is it he who does not falter, he who does not forgive, he who does not forget, or he who does not waver? What was C again? He who does not forget. What was C again? Just see He who does not forget. What was C again? <laughs>
2: before you noticed
1: <laughs> shambles okay you got that question wrong question five I
0: didn't, I didn't even have a go um, at it
1: <laughs> Um,
0: I will go he who does not falter
1: ironically it's he who does not forget <laughs>
0: is it really
1: <laughs> <It's>...
2: <laughs> shambles
1: okay, last question um, as you know, Harry takes the eye from the Ministry of Magic and he buries it in a forest. But where is this forest near? Was it Godric's Hollow? Was it Little Whinging? Was it near the site of the Quidditch World Cup? Or was it near Little Hangleton? The
0: site of the Quidditch World Cup. That's correct. Very good. Right. Three out of five. Three out of five. That's not That's not brilliant. Okay, my question's to you. Which courtroom was Barty Crouch Jr. see in the Pensieve? Is it courtroom 8, courtroom 9, courtroom 10, or courtroom 11?
1: I would say courtroom number 11.
0: I'm afraid that is incorrect. Courtroom 10. Question number 2. Mad-Eye Moody died on the night they transferred Harry from Privet Drive to a safe location. What was the date? Is it July the 25th, July the 26th, July the 27th, or July the
1: 28th? Let me say the 27th. That is correct.
0: Who brought word back that Moody had died? Was it Kingsley and Hermione? Was it Ron and Tonks? Was it Bill and Fleur? Or was it Arthur and Fred? Bill and Fleur. That is correct. Who didn't return Moody's invisibility cloak? Was it Emmeline Vance? Was it Sturgis Podmore? Was it Hestia Jones? Or was it Mundungus Fletcher? I
1: think it was Sturgis. That is correct.
0: Who did Moody call out for showing something beneath their desk in his first lesson at Hogwarts? Was it Parvati Patil? Was it Padma Patil? Was it Lavender Brown? Or was it Hannah Abbott? Parvati. That is incorrect. It was lavender brown. Lavender
1: brown. Yeah, uh,
0: it was between those two. Mm, It was always going to be between those two. Yeah. Okay, that's three out of five. That's that's a a very even level on that one. one. And that concludes another Potter Jewels. I thank you very, very much for listening. We've got some great content for you coming up for part of our three-part series, which will be underappreciated characters. So really looking forward to that one. Um, But until then, you can get in contact with the show in a number of ways. You can tweet at us at Potter Jewels. That's P-O-T-T-E-R-D-U-E-L-S, or one word. Potterjules at hotmail.com or contact us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash potterjewels. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, I have been Tim. He has been Martin.
1: See you next time.
0: And until then, Knox.